Welcome again to Folk Islam. We are still discussing Folk Islam and the life they live. And my name is Tony Weeder. Uh, like I said, I'm from Liberia, West Africa. What is the purpose in life as God's child? Uh, one of the Bible verses that have really helped me in my Christian life, I know for many Western, uh, Western Christians, uh, it's something by the time you are, by age three, you already memorize that Bible verse, John 3, 16. For God, for God so loved the world. You know, for God, everything is for God. And for him to love means so much. I think also in Romans 5, 8, they say God showed us, uh, other translations say he, tr and he demonstrated his love in that while we were still in sin, he died for us. Can you imagine that? Sit and think about that. You know, explaining the spirit of God's redemption for me and for you, it is one of the most powerful messages that you can ever present to an animist. And let us keep that in mind. Let us keep that in mind as we present this to our and fellow in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. Let us keep that in mind, that the purpose in life as God's child, today you have become my son. And Jesus said, you know, greater love has no man than this, than for a man to lay down his life for his friends. Christianity is the only religion that have a cross in it. Nowhere else we can find redemption it is, it is not to our tombs or tombs worship. No. Our ancestors, no. We cannot find answer in that. And the next thing as we come to the conclusion of this chart here, it's sickness. And so to turn to tree, tree worship. And like we said um, uh, the other day when we met in class was that there are places people go, holy object, that when I touched it, I would be healed. At times you put that around your neck, hoping that it will protect you from sickness or from snake bite or fear of all of these things. Or healing, you go to a magical or practitioner person to help you get to your sickness. Over and over, I will be repeating myself again. Let me tell you this. There are no place, there are no solution anywhere. I think it's in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. No name given among us whereby you and I can be saved except the name Jesus. Not divine healing in Christ. The solution for Christian is divine healing. And there are theological problems, especially when it comes to Western theology and what others are calling Asian theology or African theology. Our view that healing can still be uh, performed today. And many, many times in the West, people shy away from healing. We should not. Um, I remember, I'll tell you a quick story about this. Uh, this young man, I think it was either in Coast when I was there as a refugee, and one of the Liberians got sick and went to the missionary. And now, the perception of the Liberian of a missionary is that this person is a holy person and this person have solutions and this person have answer because they have come and presented himself as God's child and they are representing God. Okay, keep that in mind. That's the view they have of you as missionaries. So he gets up, go to the missionary. 
So oh, I, I, I never slept last night and I'm not feeling too well. So the missionary said, oh, hang on in there. Went to his cabinet, medicine cabinet, got a Tylenol, gave him two. That should take care of it. All right, see you. Guess what? The Liberian walk out and say, oh, so he keeps his God in a bottle. So his God is expressed through pills. And guess what? He took the pills and then turned around and went to the witch doctor for spiritual answer for his problem. You see the incident? The missionary had no spiritual answer to the problem of the Liberian, but only gave him two tablets before any prayer. And so he gets up and goes to the witch doctor. And then Sunday he went to church. And he sees no inconsistency in that. And this is where we as Christians really need to be careful how we minister to people. And like I said, now the best part. What does this mean for our witness among folk Muslims? How do we present the gospel with all the things that we have stated now? How do we present the gospel to these people? And I mean, the next uh, maybe three or four sections, those are the things we'll be dealing with. The first thing you should do, raise question. You know, I, uh, from the time I was a young man, I love philosophy. I love to ask questions. I love to listen to people uh, and ask them questions. I love to know about other people's culture, the food they eat. I love to try, try a different set of food. I say, oh, why do you eat that? And then they, they tell me, when I was in Ethiopia, oh, talk, talk, talk to me about food. All the food in Ethiopia, I went to a place they call Tsuru Grage. And I have never, okay, now do not pass out in the class here for me, please. Um, I have never had this meal before. So we are in Tsuru Grage about 11.30 in the night, I'm starving, and the church service is going on, and I'm hungry. And I said, when are we going to eat? <laughs> and finally, the church service was over by 12 midnight. And 12.30, they brought the food. And when I looked, it was ground beef, raw ground beef. And they call it in Ethiopia, kitfo, raw meat. And everyone started eating it. And that's the time Paul's uh, passage, I think, in Timothy or Corinthians. Paul said, eat whatever it said before you without question. My stomach started really complaining to me. Do not put this in your mouth. But you know what? Because food is something that in Africa you cannot reject. You, because when you say no to the person's uh, food, you also say no to them. I grudgingly ate it. And guess what? I'm still living. But raise questions. Another place they call Duramid in Ethiopia. I went there asking questions of Muslims. And as we sat down, we're talking about life, life issues. It was my first time. So, I mean, in Ethiopia, the coffee ceremony took about three to five hours just to go through the coffee ceremony. So we went through all of that. And this was my first time drinking coffee with salt and butter. <sighs> I survived. But why am I doing this? 
And take for example, look, uh, uh, the first question we have here is, if God or Allah is all-sufficient and all-powerful, why the need for all these magical protections? Um, I will use this quotation over and over again by G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton said that the only time Christians listen is when they are talking. And that's our problem. We don't listen to the people we are ministering to. The British theologian, um, uh, uh, D. Lloyd-Jones, Martin Lloyd-Jones said that in his book, Preaching and the Preacher, he said that it is one thing to love preaching, but do we love the people that we are preaching to? Think about it. Let the sink in slowly. It is a powerful statement. Let me quote that again. Lord Jones in his book, Preaching and a Preacher, said this. It is one thing to love preaching, but do you truly love the people you are preaching to? It is one thing to love being a missionary on the field, but do you love the people that you are missionary to? It is one thing to talk about Africa and the Africans, but do you truly love these Africans to sit with them, eat their food, drink with them, walk with them, can you do that? And so as I ask these questions in love, if God is all-powerful, if Allah is all-powerful, why do you worship at your mother's grave, your father's grave, sin's grave? Another thing to do with animists, not just animists, but folk Muslim, take the role of religious teacher they respect holy men. You remember, we're going back, we've been going back. They go to holy men, talk to them, share their problem with them. Be sure to present yourself as a holy man. I'm not saying that you should wear a nice garment like what I'm wearing now. I don't know how nice it is, but go there as someone who worship God and who respect and obey God. Go there and let them know that you care about them that you are a teacher of God's word and present yourself that way. And our problems today, especially Christians, is that we don't know what we believe and therefore we cannot defend what we believe because we don't know our own history. The next thing, be prepared to pray for their needs. Healing. Be prepared to pray for their needs and healing. Present Jesus as the answer. Yet beware of Acts 14, uh, 14 8 through 18 problems where they wanted to worship Paul and Barnabas when they were there. But keep this in mind. Be prepared to pray for their needs in healing. Present Jesus as the answer to the problem. But let me give, um, let me pause here and warn you. If you understand their problem, then you can give answers to their problem. One time I there was a young missionary, and I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I wanted to teach him a lesson. <laughs> he came and the first thing he said, Jesus is the answer. And so I said, oh, that's good. So what was my question? You see, in, in order to provide solutions to the people's problem, get to know their questions. And that's what we've been doing for the past three lessons funny their fears, things they're afraid of, 
tribalism, the fear of the unknown spirit world. Now that we know that, and so we are presenting Jesus Christ as well, answers to that problem. We should not be afraid to pray for their problems. We should not be afraid to pray for healings. Remember, greater is he that is in the world than he that is. Uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The next thing, disciple them to the truth. What did Jesus say? I am the truth. I am the way and the truth. Keep that in mind. Disciple them to the truth. Jesus is not just a powerful sheikh. Or he is also the Lord who demands repentance from sin and obedience. Keep that in mind. He's not just a powerful uh, person or who's just going to take away our problems. And This is not a wealth gospel that I'm preaching to you. We are talking about God and sin. Being poor does not mean we are not sinful. Let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind as we address the need of these men and women. Like I said, this is the part I like. And let me go over and disciple them to the truth. Truth is a very serious problem today in the world. We live in a very pluralistic society where truth now can be anything. The Bible has become a Zen text. A Zen text meaning that I can go there for my truth, you can go there for your truth. In fact, post-modern, post-modernism, uh, well, it's a big word, but I'll try. That means, you know, everyone can find truth in every religion. No one is right. So the post-modernists present us with three questions. Who knows? Who says? Who cares? And so if no one knows, we all decide what we're supposed to worship. But that's not what we are dealing with today. So present the truth to them. Let me emphasize, disciple them. The world disciple, worldview evangelism, worldview uh, discipleship, according to Francis Schaeffer in his farm book, The God Who Is There. And again, he is also the Lord who demands repentance from sin and obedience. You remember the story we told the last time we were in class about this man who became a Christian out of Islam but was still going back to the mosque faithfully praying to people and to Allah and then going to church praying to Christ and then keeping one foot also with the African traditional religion and then when he died the Muslims wanted his body the Christians wanted his body and then the African traditionalists wanted his body who will bury him because he did not trust the truth of Christ. So please, let us demand repentance, true repentance, that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. Let's keep that in mind. Now, like I said, the best part, dealing with worldview. Dealing with worldview, um, we're going to camp there for a little bit. Um, we, we talk about the five pillars of Islam uh, in the last class in terms of the Shahada and how Islam, uh, folk Muslims see that in terms of five times a prayer and date of prayer. They pray five times a day facing Makkah, hoping and praying that God will cleanse them from demonic pollution. They give alms, not because they want to help the poor, but in doing that, they will wear out the evil eye. Uh, they fast and pray, not because they're fasting in the, the hunger for God, but this hunger is that as they fast, God will protect them uh, by repeating Quranic verses. God will protect them uh, through all of that. And then they go to Mecca, 
or not because they love Allah, but when they go to Mecca, they come back, they become holy men or, or holy, you know, holy women, Haja or Al-Haji in terms of men and women who goes there. But let us walk in the shade of scripture. Uh, that is every religion, and we see that again when we go back more in terms of worldview evangelism. Uh, every religion have to answer three basic questions. What is reality? Hang on that question. What is, what is real? What is the human condition? And what is the remedy for the human condition? We will talk about that later on. What are your atheists? I mean, those who believe in, in, in God. What are your atheists? Or naturalist? Nihilism? Buddhist? Hinduism? African traditional religion? We all have to face that question. But few things I want for us to do because we're dealing with worldview here. Like I said, we're going to spend some time on this in terms of worldview. When we're dealing with worldview, the first thing we have to understand that the Bible, the scripture we carry, truth is revealed by God. And that is in Romans, you read Romans chapter 1, verses 18, all the way through uh, um, 20, uh, 32. God revealed truth. It's not just his wrath uh, that he revealed to man, but he revealed truth. In fact, in Romans, uh, I think, 119, they said we are without excuse because God revealed his truth and we have suppressed that truth. And let us keep that in mind, that the truth has been suppressed by us. The second thing we see about scripture is that God has revealed the truth of salvation through his uh, true history, the incarnation of Christ in his word, which is living and active, Hebrews 4.12. God has revealed his word in us and salvation. So what is real? God is real. So only Christianity can answer these truths that we are talking about. Only Christianity can answer that. Uh, what is human condition? We are fallen. I think it's in, um, I tell you, uh, let me pause here and tell you. I think, I think it's a beautiful story, <laughs> but I'll tell you. Um, um, I was witnessing to a Muslim. This young man spent six years in Saudi Arabia studying Islam. So he come back to Liberia and someone tells me, oh, here's a bright young man. He speaks Arabic and he's an Islamic scholar. And so I'm a little nervous to talk to this young man because, again, remember, I'm from a shame-based culture. I don't want for him to embarrass me. Anyway, I prayed about it, talked to others to pray with me. So I go to this young man. I say, I learned that you just came from Saudi Arabia. I say, yes, I'm from Saudi. Started quoting all these verses of the Quran, the Hadith, and the Sunnah in Arabic. I said, man, this guy is putting circle around me. So I say, you know, there's one thing I want for you to do for me. He said, what? I said, could you help me memorize the Bible in Arabic? There are a few verses I want for you to help me memorize. And the first Bible verse I wanted for him to teach me memorize was Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's grace. And now, you tell me, who's going to memorize that verse first in Arabic? Me or him? Of course he did. And so he memorized Romans 3.23, and every time he comes, he says, you, you really dull. I mean, and I was taking it. I have to really be patient with my male ego 
because it was already been crushed by this young man. But he has memorized that. So I said, you know, there's another one. I read one for you to teach me. He said, what? I said, Romans 6, 23. You know, the wages of sin is death. And then I stopped there. I did not even, I, I will write the Bible verse. I will not show him the Bible because I don't want for him to see the end of the verse. The wages of sin is death. And then he memorized that. After about a month or so, he came. He said, I don't understand. I said, what? He said, you told me that we all have come short of God's glory. We are all sinners. And the punishment of that is death. Now, this is a beautiful question. Is there any hope at all? And they were now in animistic folk Muslim evangelism. You have to be patient with the people and you have to have time for them. Let me warn you here. You never ever look at your watch when you are talking to an Asian, an African, or Middle Easterner. Because you know what does that say to them? You're wasting my time and I don't have time for you. And I told this young man, that's a great question. Do you have time? We went to a restaurant. We sat down there. And today, after spending six years in Saudi Arabia, learning everything he could learn about the Quran and Muhammad, he came back. He gave his life to Christ. See, God has revealed his truth in Christ. Three, objective truth exists and is knowable. We can know God's truth. Read Romans 3, uh, verses 3 and 4. Uh, read Galatians 4, 19. All these passages are still there. And as we come to the end of this class, and we will continue with the worldview change, because really I want for us to spend some time there. Let me tell you another story about a young man I met in Ethiopia. This young man, He's a Muslim, or was a Muslim, as we talk about God's truth, and I explain God's truth to them. He's talking about his fear of the unknown spirit world. And then I told him, I said, you know what? We can know God's truth, and God can love us. In fact, I went on to say, the objective truth that is not dependent on any creatures or subjective feelings, but God has revealed his word to us. And that word is not somewhere in heaven waiting there. It is right here living in us in the form of Jesus Christ. He sat down, th thought about it, and gave his life to Christ. And the easiest part in Muslim, in any Muslim evangelism, is they coming to Christ. The most difficult part is the discipleship after they come to Christ. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that you watch over us, you protect us as we confront and engage the kingdom of Satan. In Jesus' name, amen.